good to see you here today. Give God another hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 While you're standing, if you'd bow your head with me here. This afternoon, I want to read a passage of scripture to you found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 36, 37, and 38. For what will it profit a man, the Bible says, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Pray with me if you will. Our gracious Heavenly Father, once again, Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the honor that we have, Lord, to be here today. I thank you, Lord, for each one who has come out, God, to hear your word, to honor you and to praise you. We just pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would continue to pour your presence out upon each one of us. Continue, Lord, to just grace us and bless us, Lord, with your anointing. And I pray, God, that everything that's done and everything that's said tonight, God, would be to glorify your great name and edify your church. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we ask all these things. And all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. We're going to dismiss our young people this time. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. I'm going to see if this is going to work on this overhead projector. It may or may not. Hey, there it is. So the Bible says in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 36, 37, and 38, um, what I just read to you, this is a very powerful message that God laid on my heart. What does it profit a man? Right, if he loses his soul. Look at your neighbor and say, what does it profit? Amen. A man, if he loses his soul. So the writer here in the book of Mark, chapter 8, simply says, poises this question. And I, it's, it's something to really take a deep look at. I actually talked to uh, Sister Kelly and Sister Donna about this uh, this past week at work. And we've had some, had some fun with it. We really have dove into God's word a little bit about it. And I think we've learned a lot. But Mark 8, 36, 37, and 38 said, said, For what will it profit a man if he does gain the whole world and loses his own soul? What would it profit if he done just that? So when you take a look at it, <clears throat> this, was what, this was the question that God laid on my heart. What would it profit a man if he loses his soul? What would it be? What would you gain with that? So I began to look at it. And so I thought, what does it profit a man if he loses that soul? And I thought to myself, if I can find this passage, it'll switch for me. It may or may not. Ah, there we go. Sorry, y'all. Technology is a wonderful thing when it works. What really is your soul? It's who you are. It's your spiritual DNA. In essence, your soul is a link to your inheritance. Amen? Amen. What is your soul? It's really who you are. I think a lot of times we get confused with our bodies as our souls and we look at them as one, but our bodies really are just, they're just an earthen tabernacle by which to hold our soul, right? The place where God wants to set up His rule and reign in our lives, right? Where He wants to, to sit on that throne of our lives. But our soul is really who we are. 
We are spiritual beings and our soul never dies. God intended for us to live forever. Amen? And that's what would have happened had Adam and Eve not sinned in the Garden of Eden. They were intended to live forever, but because they sinned, it plunged the world right into sin and it caused death to be imminent. And that's why the Bible said the wages of sin is death, right? It's physical death, it's spiritual death, it's a lot of things. But we were intended to live forever and our soul is an eternal part of who we are. And so your soul, when he said, what does it profit a man if he loses his soul? Your soul is who you are. It is your spiritual DNA. And that is very important because, again, that is, as it says, I said, this is, in essence, our link to our inheritance. Your DNA ties you back to your family, does it not? There are people making money hand over fist with Ancestry.com. Is that right? Folks want to know where they come from all their life. They've always heard, I've got this amount of people in me and this amount of people. I believe everybody I've met said they got Blackfoot Indian in them. Like, there ain't no way in the world all of us could have Blackfoot Indian. That's I don't guess. But everybody says they do or everybody says they're from this place or that place. And then when they go to Ancestry.com, it comes back and they find out they ain't got no Indian in them at all. Right? So we don't know who we are. But your DNA is who you are. It will trace you back to your family members as far back as it'll go. And so when you think about your soul... Your DNA, your spiritual DNA is there, and guess what? It traces back to your heavenly Father, amen? It traces back to Him. <clears throat> so when somebody says, right, I sold my soul to the devil, that's a lie straight from hell. You can't sell that which you don't inhabit, amen? Your soul does not belong to you. Your soul belongs to God, amen? You can't sell your soul to the enemy because it's not yours to sell. You with me? It'd be like me selling, saying, I sold my $3 million house on Hilton Head Island. I don't have a $3 million house on Hilton Head Island, so how can I sell it? Right? It ain't mine. It's not mine to sell. So when you think about losing your soul, you didn't lose your soul because you sold it because you can't sell it. Is that right? You didn't lose your soul because it's still there. Right? So when people say they've lost their soul, so somebody's walking around with just skin and bones and there's no soul in them. Not so. Again, the soul does not belong to us. It's not ours to lose. God knows exactly where it's at. Amen? God knows where all of His children are, which is why the Bible says that every hair of your head is numbered. Even mine and yours, Brother Garfield. Every hair in our head is numbered. Amen? Every one of them. God knows. He put us together, and He knows where everything's at, including your soul. So what is He talking about? Right? You can't, you can't sell it. You can't give it away. You can't give your soul away. Right, And you certainly can't lose it. I know what we mean by that. Right, the, what, the, the meaning of don't lose your soul is making sure that you are saved right, and that you make heaven your home. But let me just ask you a question. If somebody in this life dies and does not know Christ, and they wind up lifting their eyes in the lake of fire at the end of time, does that soul belong to Satan or does it belong to God? The soul still belongs to God. It does not change the fact that it belongs to Him. Satan don't just acquire those souls. They're not his. That soul belongs to God. This is why it's important for us to understand how much God loves us. He gave his son to die for us that we wouldn't miss our inheritance. Amen? I said this to somebody the other day. Let me say this, and I know this, that was probably a lot more than you wanted to digest, but let me just add to it. <clears throat> Have you ever told somebody, heaven is ours to gain. Is that right? 
Many of us have probably made that statement, right, that heaven is ours to gain. We need to make sure that we gain heaven, that we win heaven. But listen to me real carefully. Heaven is already yours. What we really should say is, don't lose your heavenly reward. Amen? Let me explain that. We are, we are God's children, are we not? So everything that belongs to Him belongs to you and I. If we don't make it to heaven, then we've missed our inheritance. Amen? <clears throat> so it's really ours to lose, not ours to gain. Come on now. Is that right? Heaven is ours to lose, not to gain. It's already ours, right? Because of our DNA. We belong to God. Look, this heaven, this earthly place is not our home. We are sojourners, right? We are just passing by. We are here for a moment, but we are heavenly beings, and when we die, our soul is going to go back. It's going to go back to the one that owns them, which is God. Now, whether we serve Him or not is where it's going to determine whether we stay with Him or whether He casts us in the lake of fire. But even in the lake of fire, that's His child, just like your children, right? If our children are doing wrong and they're in jail or they're in trouble or whatever it may be, guess what? It's still your child. It doesn't matter that they're in jail or if they're in your living room, it's still your child. Amen? Amen. My parents leave me an inheritance, right? That's how it works. And I can mess that up. I can really mess that up to the point that my, my family would say, well, if I give it to him, he's just going to squander it. So I could waste my inheritance. I can certainly miss receiving that, but it was mine all along. <clears throat> Are you with me? Look at your neighbor and say, he's lost his mind. Y'all are looking at me like, I think we're going to leave. <laughs> Amen? It's ours already. It's, it's not ours to gain. It's ours to lose. Don't miss heaven. Amen? Don't lose your reward. Don't lose your inheritance. Listen, folks, we are children of the Most High God. Amen? Amen. You and I are sons and daughters of the King. Yeah. Amen? Amen? That's who we are. And when we give our heart to Christ... What we're saying is, I accept that. I'm sorry that I left you and I did the things that I did, but would you have me back? And of course, he takes us back and he places us at his table. Amen. And we're put back in our rightful place with him where sin separated us from God. But that's why the Bible says he lets it rain on the just and the unjust alike, because it's still his children, whether they're messing up or whether they're doing the right thing. Amen. He still loves them. Amen. And he still loves you and I. And he has a great reward, a great inheritance for us if we want it. Amen? If we want it. So, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Amen? What does it profit us? We're going to dive into this, okay, because I ain't done yet. I'm, I, I got some other things I want you to think about. What does it, what does it profit us, right? What, is it, what do we gain from that very thing? Let's look at it. So what does the passage mean? Can a man really lose his soul? I think, I think he can, but it's in a different way than what you're probably thinking, as I just said to you. Okay, the soul's already there. It belongs to God. It, ain't, it, ain't, it, it knows right where it's at, right? Even though sometimes we may think we're out of our minds and we don't know where we're at, it knows exactly where it's at. God, as I said to you, knows exactly where it's at. He certainly does. And so we'll look at it here today. We don't need to look any further, I don't believe, than to the prodigal son in the Bible. 
in Luke's Gospel chapter 15 to get the answers to what you and I are looking for and it will help explain what Mark chapter 8 was talking about when the writer said, don't miss heaven, right? Don't gain the world and lose your soul. So let's take a look at it here, if I can get it to switch. I'm having a hard time with this technology today, guys. I really am, and I apologize. So let's look at Luke 15, 11. It may not switch for me here. Luke 11 and 15. <clears throat> let's start reading. Luke 11, 15. And I'm going to be at, um, we'll start at verse, uh, let's see, 11. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And in verse 13, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And when he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave it unto him, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Verse 18 says, I will rise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son." Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21, The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and, and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Amen. They began to be merry. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I will be extremely merry if that will pop up there. <clears throat> That's why I don't use these things too often. Amen. So the prodigal son, what does, it gain, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Can you lose your soul? Where is your soul? All these things. The prodigal son here was tired of living the way that his father wanted him to live, and he thought he could do it better on his own. Raise your hand if you ever thought that way about your parents, right? I did. I thought they were ignorant, didn't know what they were talking about, and I was going to prove them wrong one day. And the longer I live, the smarter they get. Amen? And I realized they really knew what they were talking about. Amen? So I know what this fellow meant. So he goes out and he asks his father, he said, I want you to give me my portion of the inheritance and you know the rest of the story. So let's dive into it. Can a man or woman lose their soul? I'm about to lose my mind if this thing keeps jumping back and forth. Oh, the internet went down. Okay. I don't have to close it out and restart it. So anyway, so anyway, mm-hmm. Four points that I want to make to you tonight. First point is, I ain't using technology ever again. <laughs> Second point is, let's look at verse 12 and 13. 
The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him, or them, his livelihood, or his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into that far country. He said to him, I want you to give me what's mine. Ways that you and I can lose our soul is that we, we truly undervalue our soul. Amen? And because we undervalue our soul, we put a price tag on it that is far less than what it really is. Amen? So when we lose our soul, we don't necessarily lose it, as I said to you, but we lose, we lose the value of what our soul really is and what it means and how important it is. The Bible says here that he asked his father to give him his portion of the inheritance. And the Bible says, very key here, that he divided unto him them his livelihood. He gave him and gave to his other son just what was right in his bank account, let's say, his livelihood. He's living, right? So whatever monies he had at that time, he divided that unto them. Didn't say he gave him all the land, he gave him all the cows, gave him everything he had, right? That full inheritance, the father didn't give that to him. He just gave him his portion of his livelihood, right? So this fellow takes it and is satisfied with what he receives. He was satisfied with receiving a portion of his father's inheritance rather than everything his father had for him. Come on now. So can a man lose his soul? I think we can lose our understanding of how valuable your soul is and how valuable my soul is. And we will, we will trade, be willing to trade in our minds what the value of our soul is for so much less than what it truly is worth. Let me explain to you what it's worth. The Bible says that he gave the very best for you and I, the greatest thing that heaven has to offer. Now listen to me. The greatest thing in heaven is not streets of gold. The greatest thing in heaven is not walls of jasper. It's not gates of pearl. It's not the crystal sea. It's not the tree of life. It's not angels and seraphims. It's not those mansions that everybody talks about. Honey, listen, if you're going to heaven for the things that heaven can give you, you're going for the wrong reason. Amen? Heaven is far greater than the stuff that you hear about. Heaven's greatest reward is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is, amen, He is the focal point of heaven. Everything is in awe of Jesus. He's the groom, amen. He's the Savior of the world. This is God Himself died and gave His life for, what, for, for all the angels. Is that right? Absolutely not. Did He die and give His life for the cherubims? Did He give His life for the beasts? Did He give His life for all the things that are there that, that we don't even understand and we can't even fathom? No. The only thing that appears in heaven that the Bible mentions that God gave His Son for was who? You and me. Amen. How valuable is your soul? How valuable is my soul? It's worth the king. Amen? It's worth him dying. It's worth God himself dying on a cross, resurrecting from the dead, and making a way for you and I to be reconciled back to our Father. What he did was, and he, he simply looked at us and said, you are so much more precious than you can ever imagine. And as much as you look at yourself and think, well, this is all I'm worth, Jesus looked at us and said, oh, no, you're worth way more than that. 
Amen? Every single soul was worth the very best thing that heaven, heaven had to offer. Amen? And we, we sometimes in this world are satisfied with just a little bit of a, of, a, of a reward, a little bit of a blessing, a little bit of an inheritance when we're willing to just lose all the, the rest of it just for a little small portion. Is that right? You ever heard anybody make this statement? I just want a little old shack on the corner of paradise. Is that right? Why would you settle for some little old shack when you can have the whole thing? But it just shows you our mindset, right? I used to say all the time, if I just, I just want to be the one that scoops up, you know, behind the horses in heaven as long as I'm there. What a terrible thing, is it not? Huh? I don't know if that'd be heaven or not. But, you know, we made those statements, but we so undervalue who we are, amen, and how important we are. And this soul and this life that God gave us and the life that he has waiting on us, we sell so short. We're willing to just take, take just a little bit, right? If I can just get a little blessing here, and we just, we're just willing to squander all the rest of it away. Is that right? This fellow says here, just give me my portion of the inheritance. And his father just gave him his portion of his livelihood, not the whole inheritance. And he was satisfied with that and went away. Guys, if we're ever going to live in the blessings of God that we all so long for, we've got to get hungry for the entire blessings of God and not be satisfied with just one blessing or small blessing or this, that, and the other. It's so much bigger than that. Amen? I'm reminded of what God said to David. Y'all remember that when David sinned against God with Bathsheba? And God was talking to David, and he said to David something like this. He said, David, I've given you this, and I've given you this, and I've given you this. And if it wasn't enough, what did he say? I would have given you more. There's absolutely nothing that God would hold back from us if we'll just seek him and be obedient to him. We would have everything and not just a small sampling of it. Amen? We live beneath the blessings of God so much so. We lose sight and we undervalue who we are as people. We undervalue who we are as children of God. And let me say this. I told somebody this today at work. Sometimes we're guilty of looking at people that aren't saved and looking at them as if they have less value than you or I. Let me assure you, if you're saved or whether you're not saved, the value is the same. God loves us all the same. And let me just prove that to you. Some of y'all just went, that ain't right, preacher. If you've got children, one of your children obeys you, and one of your children disobey you. Do you love them any differently? Nope. Amen. But you will reward them differently, will you not? You certainly will. And so God's no different. So can a man lose his soul? I think we certainly can. I think we can lose, lose sight of the value of what our soul truly is. And that's when we begin to sell out to something so less than what we really deserve. Secondly, I think we can lose our soul by losing sight of our soul. Amen? You don't necessarily lose it, but you might lose sight of it. For instance, if I'm standing here and I'm watching Garfield, and Garfield takes off out there and gets further than my eyes can see, have I really lost Garfield or did I just lose sight of Garfield? Is that right? I don't necessarily think sometimes, guys, we lose our soul as much as we lose sight of what we're doing, right? We lose sight of our soul, and as I said to you, it's almost close to what it's valued at. We lose sight of what our soul really is. We lose sight of it. 
We take our eyes off of God. We take our eyes off of what we re what's really important. We take our eyes off of making sure that we're following God and we make heaven our home and we start looking at other things. So we don't necessarily lose our soul, but we certainly can lose sight of it for certain. There's no question about that. It happens. We lose sight of our soul. We lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing. So many times, children of God, people in general, give their lives to God. They start serving God, right? They're doing so well. And then all of a sudden, right, you don't see them or they find themselves in trouble again. Something's going on. And you think to yourself, what happened? Well, they lost their soul. No. As I said to you, it's still there. They just lost sight, right, of their soul. This is why the Bible teaches you and I to walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Because if we're looking through sight, we're going to look at the things that we think are important and we're not going to really see what God thinks is important, right? We're going to try to protect that which we think we need to be protecting rather than what we really need to be protecting. See, if we, as Under Armour used to say, I must protect this house. You ever heard that? I must protect this house. That was their slogan. We want to protect. We spend so much time protecting this physical body, amen, as if it's going to live forever. But I can assure you, and you can too, we've all lived long enough to know that the body don't live forever in this life anyway, right? It's going to pass away. So let me put it to you this way. All that money you're sinking in to make yourself look real good, it's just a waste. <laughs> it really is because when you die, I mean, we're just going to be worm food. Let's just be honest. So some of us, so it's, I guess it's kind of like some of y'all, and myself too sometimes, I guess old worm will say, that's filet mignon, right? Because I spend a lot of time on myself. And some of us are going to be like, that's dog food, right? So all we're doing is, <laughs> all we're doing is wasting that, right? We spend so much time on this outer man, and we don't spend enough time on the inner man, amen? We lose sight of what's really important. We're so consumed with what it looks like here rather than what it looks like here. And that's how you lose your soul. We lose sight of what's most important. And th this fellow here lost sight of what was most important. He just, all he saw was he wanted to get away from his father and get out there and have a good time. And there's so many people doing that today, right? All they want to do is go have a good time. Look, preacher, I hear you. I'll serve the Lord later. I just want to have a good time right now, right? I just want to go do what I want to do. I don't have time to be in church. I don't have time to serve the Lord. I got to go here. I want to go there. I'm getting older, right? I want to go see the world. I want to fish. I want to do this. When I get older and feeble, I'll go to the house of God and I'll spend my time with the Lord, right? We lose sight of what we need to be doing. And because of that, that's when we find ourselves drifting and we find ourselves undervalued because we're pouring ourselves into, in, into this outer body rather than the inner body the soul. So we undervalue our souls. We lose sight of our souls. We squander our souls, right? The Bible here says this fella got this inheritance and not many days after it said he did what? Wasted it. So we certainly can lose sight of and undervalue and squander this soul that God gave us. Rather than using this soul to serve the Lord and make an impact and change the lives of people, what do we do? All we do is change, try to change our lives, as I said to you, and what impacts us. We'll undervalue that thing, we'll lose sight of that thing, and we will squander this wonderful, wonderful reward that's waiting on you and I. Amen? The Bible says he went, he wasted it all, and what did he do? He found himself where? In with the swines. He was with the pigs. 
he had to he had to attach himself. Thank you, sis. He had to attach himself to this foreigner in this field. Now, I'll remind you where he was. He didn't have to do anything. His father gave it to him. He had a ring on his hand, and the significance of the ring was anything he wanted, wherever he went, he would take that ring, and it had the signet of his family, the, his family crest, and he would go up to that store owner, or whatever it was he wanted, and he said, I want this, and when he gets ready to pay for it, he just makes a mark, right, in that wax or in that ink, and he would press it on that paper, and what that did was, it, it said that my father will take care of it, amen? And his father would go and pay for what his son would get. That's the way it was. Now he finds himself having to go work for what he was getting, and he was getting so far less than what he could have had with his father. Jesus, when he died on the cross, that's exactly what he said. What did he say? It is finished. Jesus paid it all for you and I, right? And he sealed it with the blood of his own, that dripped down that cross, his own blood from his own body, right? And he sealed that and said, my father will take care of it, amen? So you and I have an inheritance. And what did he say? If we seek him in his kingdom, that he would do what? Add all of the things unto us. We won't find ourselves in want if we'll just stay with our father. Amen? And not squander this beautiful inheritance that he has for us. Much like his son, he'll give us the things that we need here, but he will certainly also have what's waiting on us when we get to heaven, the rest of that reward. But so many times we undervalue it, we lose sight of it, and then we squander it. We waste it all. Right? We just waste it, and now we find ourselves where? In want and in need. And so we've done what? Lost ourselves. We've lost ourselves. This little fellow found himself in that situation. He finds himself out there. He's just lost, right? He's just thinking to himself, what in the world happened? I lost sight of what was important. I certainly undervalued what I had, and I've just wasted everything that my father gave to me. Don't you know, when we don't follow God and we don't give our heart to him and we don't serve him, don't you know we just waste this beautiful gift that he gave us in Jesus Christ? Think about that. One day, one day all of us are going to stand before God. One day all of us are going to give an account for what we have done. And don't you know when you stand before God one day, if you haven't served the Lord, how awful that's going to be? It has to be a, 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 a smack in his face a little bit, right? All that he gave to us, but yet we still wouldn't trust him. We still wouldn't serve him. We still just wasted this beautiful life that he gave us. On what? Riotous living. Amen? Wicked living. That's what that word translates to. Just wasted it. And so many of us do that, amen? amen? All of us. I think every one of us could raise our hands and certainly say that we have wasted this life on riotous living from time to time. Amen. It's important for us to understand, as I said to you, how important you are and what your, the value of your soul and, in, and understand that God has so much more for us if we would just turn to Him, listen to Him, accept Him, right? The fourth thing, if it, oh, look at there, it's there. One of the fourth things is we certainly misplace it, right? We certainly misplace it. The Bible goes on to say down here in verse 17, 
about this young man. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to eat or to spare, and I perish with hunger? He said he realizes, right, he has lost this wonderful thing. He's not sure what happened to it. He has misplaced it. But look here. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Here he comes to himself and realizes, I have misplaced this wonderful, wonderful gift that's been given to me. He didn't even know where it all went, right? You've probably been like that. I have too. You ever misplaced something thought, man, I don't know what I've done with it. I don't know where I put it. It's not that you lost it. You just don't know where it's at. It's still wherever you left it. Amen? So it's really not lost. It's just where you left it, right? A lot of times I'll tell Christy, I say, have you seen my glasses? And they'll be here or here, right? I just don't know what I've done with them, but they're still where I left them last time. That's why my dad told me when I, when I was young, he said, son, when you get older, you're going to have this problem. You're going to forget where stuff is. And what you done with it? He said, when you do that, just walk back in the room you were at before that and walk back in this room and maybe it'll come back to you. You ever done that? I walk in out of one room and another room and go, what was I doing? And I had to go back and then come back and sometimes I can remember, right? Sometimes I can't. So we just really misplace it. Just like your soul. You don't lose your soul, you just misplace it. You forgot where you left it, right? We forget about, we forget about what's really important and we take off, right, and we leave what we know we should be doing. And then sometimes, somewhere, we hope that it's going to come back to us. And, oh, I'll remember now. This fellow remembered the value of his soul. He remembered the value of his inheritance. He remembered, right, and he, and he, and he understood he lost sight. All these things we talked about, he understood he squandered this living. He squandered this inheritance that his father had given to him. He misplaced Right, what this particular inheritance, and he says, I need to go back. He starts realizing where the inheritance came from, and he starts realizing the importance of it, and now he turns and he finds himself going back. Amen. Some of us have just misplaced our souls and we forgot about our inheritance. We've misplaced the fact that Jesus gave his life for us and how important that is. It's almost taboo in the world we live today, right? When you when you think about it, you try to tell people that God loves them, that Jesus died for them. I think people really think that that's just a fairy tale anymore. Do you know sometimes in some churches around this world, there are people that don't even believe that that story's true, right? They just believe that it was just a good story. There are people that really believe that. But God really did give his son for us. He really did. Jesus really died on a cross. There really is evidence that that happened, right? It's recorded in, in, in Israel to this day. They know it happened. They know he gave his life. They know all the miracles happened. They know everything that me and you read about really happened. It's documented. And they also know that he was buried in that tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. That's documented. And they also know he's not there anymore. Amen? So what I'm telling you is, it's true. Jesus loves us. He died for us. He gave a tremendous inheritance to us that we can become sons and daughters of the high king. Amen? And that there is a reward waiting on us. And he made that possible for us. That really is true. When we walk away from him, we walk away from that wonderful inheritance. We just misplace it. But God is there, right? And, and what we need to do, when you look at this, I think I got this, if it'll pop it up there. When we find ourselves in that situation, the great thing is, is that God has a plan. 
Amen? He's always got a plan, like making this work. Gosh, y'all, it's terrible. We got to get, we have got to get that fixed. I'm sorry, y'all. It will not cup up there. He does have a plan, okay? What we realized with the son was, although he lost sight of this inheritance, although he misplaced his inheritance, although he undervalued this inheritance, these things that we just talked about, God had a plan. What he did simply was, he remembered where he had it, where it came from, he remembered where he misplaced it, and then he he finds himself going back to his father. It's the answer to all of it, amen? When we find ourselves out there lost, all we simply need to do is turn back to the father, amen? That's all you got to do, just turn back to the father. You, you will be surprised the number of hours that I have spent in my ministry. And I'm sure some of you that are teachers could add to this. Some of you that are preachers could add to it. I would love to know if I would have really kept documentation at how many conversations I've had with people and they're talking to me about their situation and they're asking me what I need to do to fix this situation. I can't tell you the hours, the countless hours I have spent with people over the years listening to their, to their situation, trying to help them understand what happened and what they need to do to get this situation straight. Let me just get to right to the heart of the matter. Simply put, what we've got to do is go back to the Father. Amen? Amen. That's it. We've either lost sight of our, of our inheritance or we've undervalued it, or we've misplaced it, we've squandered it, or all the above, or two or three of them, but something's happened where we've walked away from God. Amen? And we squander our inheritance. Simply turn back to the Father. Amen? And He's waiting. God loves us, as I said to you. The soul belongs to Him. God don't... Look, when me and you turn from Him, when we squander this beautiful inheritance that He's given us, and we turn and waste it on riotous living in this world, He doesn't go anywhere. Right? I think sometimes we think God says, Well, I'm done with them. And He washes His hand and walks in the house, shuts the door, changes all the locks so you can't get back in there. That's not the God that you and I serve. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, He is love. Amen? And He loved us, for God so loved this world. Who's the world? You and I. Amen? Not the things in the world. The world was created for you and I. Absolutely. So He loved you and I enough that He's still there. He's still waiting. God hasn't went anywhere. He's sitting there, right, with a broken heart, but He ain't went anywhere. He's hoping you're going to come back. I love this story because it said when the son turned and came back, as soon as he got on the road and started walking back to his father, he looked up and who did he see? His father. It said when he was a great distance away, right, he, his son could see him. He could see his son. It shows me that the father probably every day walked out there and stood there looking to see if his son was going to come home. Is that right? How many of you today, if you didn't lose a child, I get so, it, it tears my heart up to see these people with missing children. You think those folks just stay in their bed all the time and never do anything and just say, well, I hope you'll show up one day. If you truly love your child, you wouldn't do that. You would be out there trying to find them. And you'd certainly have that door unlocked or you'd be standing out there every day thinking, I wonder if this is the day that they're going to return. This father was heartbroken and he was looking for his son to return, but he wasn't looking for his son to return so he could chastise him. He wasn't looking for his son to come back so he could just whip him with a switch like I used to get when I was a kid. He was waiting on his son to come back so he could restore him back to his rightful place. And that's exactly where God's at. That's where God's at. 
If you and I find ourselves away from God, we simply need to turn back to our Father and confess our faults before Him, and He will gladly take you back. Amen? Because he, it's His intent for you and I to make heaven our home. He gave us an inheritance. So if He gives us an inheritance, don't you think it makes sense that He would want to give it to you? Is that right? He has an inheritance for you. Why would He have an inheritance if He never intended for you to get it? Amen? Come on now. Why would He do it? He intends for you to have it. Amen? And not lose your soul. Don't gain the world and lose your soul. Don't miss heaven. Right? It's ours to lose. He's got it. You just got to go get it. Is that right? It's all there for us. And it's so simple and it's so easy. I look at this world and I think, and I, I just look at people all the time. And, and people look at us as if, I mean, and I know I did this too when I wasn't saved. I, I looked at this Christianity thing and I thought there was like some big, some big trigonometry equation that you have to learn how to work in order to get saved, right? It, it almost looks like it's so difficult, right, that I have to do this and then I got to walk backwards six times, spin around three times, right? <laughs> Stick your tongue out, right? I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to do all these things and man, that's just too, I just don't know, you know, all, those, all that stuff. But the simple, it's such a simple thing. It really is. It's just as simple as believe who God is, trust Him with your heart, accept His Son as your Savior, confess your sins before Him, and the same shall be saved, according to the book of Romans. It's just that simple. It really is. The task is staying in that salvation, living in that inheritance, right? When God gives us this wonderful blessing, don't squander it. Amen? Build upon it. It's like the, the parable. He gave, a, he gave a wonderful parable in there where he talked about the talents. Do you all remember that? And he gave out some talents. He gave one person a large number of talents. He gave another one kind of a medium-sized amount of talents. And he gave one person one talent. And you remember the story. The two of them, the one that got a lot, he did what with it? He multiplied it. The one that got five, got that middle, what did he do with it? He multiplied it. The one that got one did what? He buried it, hid it, scared he was going to lose it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take it and invest in it because you scared he was going to lose it. Jesus dealt with that and he said, look, a man that will try to save his soul will lose it, but the one that will lose his soul will do what? Find it. Simply put, in order to gain, you got to give away. Amen? It's important for us to take this beautiful investment that God's given us, this beautiful inheritance, not squander it, but invest it. Amen? Grow it, multiply it while you're here, right? That's God's intent for you and I, is that we get saved, we receive this beautiful inheritance here, but that we also do what with it? Give it away. Give it away. That others might also experience the same blessings that you and I can receive. Help people who have squandered their, their inheritance to gain it back. Is that right? That's all the work of a child of God. It's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to reach out to others that they become saved. Is that right? That's what we're supposed to do. Simply put, awful quiet in here. This must be, I must be, I got to go back and listen to this. Okay? Y'all with me? When he talks about losing your soul, it's, we lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing. We lose sight of how important this is and how important we are to God and how important every one of his children are. And we waste so much when there's so much waiting on us. Amen? Amen? 
There is a lot waiting on you and I. If you and I could really understand the value of what God has for us, he put it this way. He said, eyes have not seen, right? Nor ears have heard, nor has it entered where? Into the hearts of man. These wonderful things that God has set aside for who? His children. We have no idea, right? All we can see is what's in front of us. All we can see is, is this life and, and what we can amass in this life. But it's not what you can amass here. It's what you can amass there. In fact, let me say it this way. It's not what you can amass here. It's what you've already amassed there, right? It's what's already there for us. Don't lose your soul, amen, and try to gain this world. We need to be gaining God, not this world. Because this world will be destroyed. The Bible teaches us that, right? This body is going to be destroyed. This world is going to be destroyed. But heaven and earth, the Bible says, what did he say about it? It won't pass away. God's, God's reward, God's blessings will always remain. His inheritance is for eternal life for all of us. But this young man did find himself back to his father. He did get to a place with his father where he was reconciled back. It said that he told him to kill the fatted calf, and they had a what? A celebration because this son of mine that was once lost is now what? Found. He's back. He found his inheritance. So tonight, for you, I don't know who you are, but you may find yourself in that situation too. Maybe you've squandered your inheritance. Maybe you've lost sight of it. Maybe you've undervalued it. I don't know. I'm not real sure. I don't know where you stand. Maybe you've misplaced it. But the reality is you are very important to God. You have a tremendous inheritance laid up for you. You have a tremendous bloodline. Amen? Everybody wants to say that, you know, I'm from this bloodline or I'm from that blood. As I said to you, there's no greater bloodline than that of God himself. Amen? Amen? And every single one of us in here, everybody in the world, we all came from the same bloodline. I get tickled about that, right? You know, this is, this is a million dollar guy and this guy over here, he's in poverty. But the reality is we're all the same. We're all the same. Beautiful bloodline. You have a great inheritance. You have a great, you have a great bloodline. And we just need to make sure that we don't squander and lose our soul. I want to pray with you tonight. I apologize for all the interruptions with the, with the technology here, but I hope you didn't lose sight of the message. It's a beautiful message. It really is. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Make sure that your heart, your soul, your intentions are all in the right direction with God, with Christ. I don't know about you, but this past week I've really been intrigued but also very heartbroken over a situation that I just saw of a young couple that got married this past weekend on Saturday. At 5 o'clock, this beautiful bride said I do to her husband. And at 11 o'clock, she was pronounced dead. Six hours later, six hours. We're not promised tomorrow. Amen? That's just an illustration. I'm sure that thought never crossed her mind, never crossed his mind. You're not promised tomorrow. If you've lost sight of your inheritance or any of these things we talked about, today is the day of salvation, the Bible said. The Bible teaches us to seek God while He may be found, while we have a moment, while there's time. 
You've heard me say this many times, and I've said it a bunch of times as a pastor, and I'm going to continue to say it until the Lord takes me home. Time is short. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. The Bible teaches us that. Now, right now, be sure that your inheritance is intact. Be sure that your relationship with your father is right. Too many times in this life, we fall out with our fathers, we fall out with our mothers, we struggle through life, and at the end of our life, we, we find ourselves trying to make that thing right before we pass away from this life. That's a good thing. But we don't need to have an estranged relationship with God. You need to make sure that everything is right with Him because as I said to you, you're not promised the next day. There's nothing in this world worth missing that time with God in that promised eternal place. Nothing in this world.